relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. Going deeper on the big issues that matter to you. This is your exclusive podcast, America First, one-on-one, with me, Sebastian Gorka, former strategist to President Donald J. Trump. And the best way for me to prevent getting an infectious disease and having to have you as my doctor is what? Um, wearing a mask. No, um, no, no. Don't need to do that. <laughs> you, um, if somebody's, I can see they're ready, ready to sneeze or cough, you, walk away. You avoid all the paranoid aspects and okay. do something positive. A, good diet. B, you don't smoke, I know. I know you don't drink. Ha- hang on. What did he say? Good. Avoid all the hysteria. Don't wear a mask. That's shocking. Who is that? Oh, yes. It's Anthony Fauci, the highest paid federal bureaucrat, only $413,000 every year. But I thought he wants us to wear double masks now. Talk about flip-flops. Let's talk about the truth. Let's talk about science with one of the few doctors who's out there telling the truth about what we need to know about COVID therapeutics, masks and vaccines. Welcome to America First one-on-one. It's Dr. Jeffrey Barkey, board certified primary care physician. Welcome, doctor, to one-on-one. Seb, great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, we had you on the radio show a week ago. It was superb. It was too short. So we've already invited you back for a one-on-one discussion. For those who missed uh, the interview on the radio show and who haven't heard of you before, just by way of introduction, who are you? What do you do? And what is Rx for Liberty? Rx for Liberty is my website, Seb, where people can go and learn more about me. I've got a newsletter that I put out every couple of weeks. They could subscribe to that. And by the way, I recently started a podcast, Informed Dissent, the Intersection of Healthcare and Politics. And that can be found at informeddissentmedia.com. I'm a primary care physician, board certified. I've been in private practice for over 25 years. I've served as an assistant professor at UC Irvine. I've also served as a board member at the Orange County Medical Association. And in my spare time, I work as a tactical physician for a local law enforcement agency. Finally, last year I started a charter school, a Hillsdale affiliated free public charter school in the city of Orange here in Southern California. But my day job is treating patients, and I've treated literally hundreds and hundreds of COVID patients successfully by instituting early treatment with many of our repurposed medications that work really well if you can get to patients early. Right. Well, let, let, let's talk about that. Uh, let's talk about the therapeutics that made my COVID experience 
the mildest case of the flu I've ever had, thanks to my doctor, Dr. Sam Pappas. I was on hydroxy uh, December last. Um, I had three days of the sniffles, felt a little bit tired, and, and that was my experience. Not only that, I don't know why you left it out of your bio, but it says here you're also an officer in the U.S. Army Reserve Medical Corps. So God bless you, uh, Dr. Barkey, for everything you do and are doing uh, to get the truth out there. Let me just start right at the beginning. Cut to the marrow. In your 25 years of practice serving uh, your fellow man, have you ever, ever seen such an egregious politicization of health policy in our nation, doctor? Uh, never, Dr. Gorka, and it, and it really makes me sad to say this, but some of our healthcare agencies like the FDA and the CDC, unfortunately, we're realizing now have been captured by industry. And what I mean by that is that the funding from the FDA and the CDC, about 50% come from the organizations that they're chartered to oversee. So the FDA used to be entirely funded by taxpayer dollars as it should be. And the FDA is supposed to work for the American people to keep them safe, to oversee pharmaceutical companies, including vaccine companies. But now they're funded by the industry and the and the groups that they are supposed to be overseeing and protecting okay we we have to stop here because that kind of blows my mind i I, i'm into guns i'm into muscle cars if if the gun manufacturers were the main funders or the 50 percent funders of the bureau of alcohol tobacco and firearms i think most americans would have an issue with that if if the car manufacturers were were majority or, or even part funders of the various agencies that regulate automotive manufacturing and the environmental regulations people would say that that's just corruption i've never heard this before when did this begin and, and has anybody apart from yourself said this might be a problem well sure there's a lot of people that are trying to speak the truth and this has been going on for years it's been gradual it's been incremental but now it's reached a point where i really think that there's a conflict of interest and by the way said the same thing is true of medical journals so if you look at for example the new england journal of medicine the lancet the journal of the american medical association etc if you took out one of those journals and thumb through it about every five pages or so, there'd be a pharmaceutical ad. And so these journals now, listen, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, badge of honor if you get an article published in the New England Journal of Medicine, and they get thousands and thousands of requests for publication. But those editors now sort through the various requests. And if your request is one that will either shed a negative light on the vaccine or pharmaceutical industry, or say something positive, for example, about hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, then it's very unlikely that you're going to get published or even peer reviewed. So what a lot of doctors and researchers are now doing is they're they're releasing preprint articles so they get out into the public since these uh, publications are refusing to put them in the journals. Okay, so let's stay here for a second. So for for my sins, I spent... uh... Oh, my gosh, almost 30 years in, in academe prior to joining the um, Trump administration. I, ha- I, I hate being called an academic, um, but, but peer reviews was the big deal. You know, publish or perish was, was the, the choice of uh, the, the expression for those inside academe. Um, peer review, Dr. Barkey, it, it's a joke. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a mutual masturbation society, isn't it? Because you're being reviewed by your buddies and therefore it's just a collective groupthink exercise, is it not? This isn't, you know, you know a, a, um, unbiased review by people who have no vested interests. These people have viewpoints they want to protect. Am I crazy? Well, that, that, I mean, in theory, it makes sense. It's sort of like a, a trial by your peers, you know, a jury. In of theory. Peers, in theory. But what happens at these journals is, is that they're all like-minded people. And if an article comes through that is a positive article about ivermectin, they're not even going to look at it, let alone review it. And so it's almost impossible to get published some of these articles uh, that are critical of pharma and critical of vaccines. And so, yes, you're right. It's a, you know, it, it saddens me to say, but these journals and healthcare agencies have become political in nature and they shouldn't be because when that happens, what, it's, it's patients that suffer. And so the science is being corrupted. Patients are being injured as a result. And listen, every single day now, when I call in prescriptions for patients as it relates to COVID, it is literally easier for me to call in a prescription for OxyContin than it is for Ivermectin. Okay, let's, again, I, I, I have to, you've got a photograph. I, I may be a cradle Catholic, but I call him my rabbi. I think you've got a photograph of Dennis Prager behind you. When Dennis Prager told me over a year ago that there are people in California who have to go to more than half a dozen pharmacists with a fully legal prescription for hydroxy because pharmacists refuse to fill it how does that happen? I mean, are you allowed to reject a legal prescription from a doctor for political reasons, Dr. Barkey? Well, apparently you are because it happens to me every single day. And it's, you know, it's amazing. My, my wife hears me on the phone talking to some of these pharmacists and she just shakes her head. And the conversation goes something like this. Uh, I'd like to call in a prescription for ivermectin. The pharmacist says, could you please tell me what you're calling it in for? And I say, why don't you ever ask me that for any other prescriptions that I call in? And they say, well, doctor, with ivermectin, it's different because we won't dispense it if it's for COVID. Well, help me understand why you won't prescribe or dispense a legal medication that is perfectly safe, that's been around for 60 years, that I couldn't harm somebody with if I wanted to. They said, well, doctor, it's not my decision. It's the decision of the company that we're not allowed to dispense if the decision, if the prescription is for COVID. And this goes around and around and around. Now there are pharmacies that will, a lot of the mom and pop pharmacies and the compounding pharmacies will still dispense, but it shouldn't be this difficult. And to be honest with you, Seb, um, these pharmacies, these national chains are complicit in patient death because if a patient has to wait two or three or four or five days in order to get a prescription filled, that's, four or five days closer to where they're gonna be hospitalized where bad things can happen. We know for sure that if we can get to you early on in the course of your illness, that we're much more successful at treating you. The standard of care in too many places now is to stay at home, to isolate yourself. And if you feel like you're gonna die, then show up at the emergency department rather than institute early treatment. And you can argue about early treatment if you want to. And I'm happy to hear uh, opposing point of views but to deny patients this ability to be treated is just criminal, in my opinion. Yeah, um, we're going to discuss all of these issues. I have so many questions. I've been scripting down the side of the good, good doctor's uh, bio. Um, okay, 
Uh, you've you've been so kind. Uh, you've called me Seb, uh, if I may. I'm going to use you know the Hungarian protocols. If you you've done that, I'm going to call you Jeff with with, with, with by your leave. Uh, Jeff, let's talk about ivermectin. Let's talk about hydroxy. Off label use. Why is off label use? Why is using a drug that's been around for 50, 60 years for things that it can also be beneficial for suddenly the equivalent of, um, I don't know, child molestation? Why, why, why is off drug, off label prescription for these drugs now suddenly uh, the biggest sin in medicine? Can you explain that to me? I can. It's because it's political. Listen, most people don't realize about 30% of all prescriptions uh, 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 written out or dispensed by physicians are for off-label use. We do this all the time. It's routine. What happens is when an FDA approves a drug, it may be approved for uh, condition A, but not condition B. And the reason why not condition B is the pharmaceutical company just doesn't want to spend the money to get the additional indications. So we use our creativity, experience, and wisdom to use medications off-label all the time. I just called in a prescription for an antibiotic for a patient this morning. It's not indicated for sinusitis, the particular uh, antibiotic, but we all know it works for it. It's indicated for pneumonia. So fine, it still kills bacteria, and we use these these mechanisms of off-label use all the time. So when we use off-label ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or other medications, like inhaled budesonide, another great repurposed medication for the treatment of COVID, we're challenged on it for the first time in my career. Also, what you should know, Seb, is that the Medical Board of California, again, first time ever I've seen this in my career, sent a certified letter to every physician in California warning them of unprofessional conduct if they use hydroxychloroquine for the purposes of COVID. Hydroxychloroquine, it would be hard to harm somebody with hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin if I wanted to. These are incredibly safe medications and very, very effective. The research is clear, it's unequivocal. These medications work when you can use them early in the course of treatment. Listen, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm on chat groups with like-minded physicians across the country, and we're all having very similar experiences. The medications work when we can get to patients early, and in every situation, we're being challenged with the use of these medications at pharmacies that are making it more and more difficult for these patients to get early treatment. Let, let me uh, share with, with you my experience with uh, COVID and, and tell me, you, you be my sanity check. I'm, I'm a PhD. I'm, I'm a doctor of political science. So don't ask me to write a prescription or, or to, 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 to cure you. Um, so I catch I, I didn't even know I had it. My wife, we were going for uh, Christmas with my uh, aged mother-in-law. My wife was very sensible, got the whole family tested just in case. She was clear. The kids were clear. Me, I test positive. Okay, great. Um, I, my doctor puts me on hydroxy, puts me on uh, antibiotics and steroids. Three days later, I'm fighting fit and I'm ready to go. My understanding, and then, then I started researching hydroxy. This was before ivermectin was on the radar screens. And I looked at the world infection map for COVID back then. And I saw something that just was so weird. The continent of Africa back then was basically COVID-free. And I'm thinking, what, why would the continent of Africa be COVID-free? And I do some research, and I find out that hydroxychloroquine 
is basically an anti-malarial drug and has been an over-the-counter non-prescription drug for decades, which means everybody in Africa and their brother-in-law has taken it because they don't want to catch malaria. And I'm thinking, oh, well, that's interesting. And then I look at the death statistics for COVID, not just the pre-existing and the, the, the age cohorts. And I see uh, something really interesting, that a lot of people are dying after they're put on respirators. So there's this, this failure to either intervene early enough or to provide therapeutics and the person gets inflammation of the lungs, the trachea, and then it's just a downhill spiral. How many people do you think, is it possible to even estimate the fact that people have died because of the lack of people prepared to provide them therapeutics? And my experience, Dr. Barkey, Jeff, blew my mind. I went into this clinic. I got tested for COVID. I test positive, not by a nurse, not by a PA, by a doctor. A doctor did the test and I test positive. And I'm not afraid of it because I've been consulting with my doctor and I'm just curious. And I say to him, oh, well, that's bad news. What should I do? Dr. Barkey, the doctor said, go home and rest. Go, go home and rest. I thought this was the black plague revivified. Am I missing something? Are these are these unusual observations that I've had? No, that's correct. That unfortunately, too many patients have that exact experience, and it's wrong. Um, we have treatment, and treatment works. Whether it's hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, inhaled budesonide, and other medications, there are protocols out there that are absolutely effective. The wrong treatment. I mean, listen. Imagine this: a woman gets diagnosed with with early stages of breast cancer. And the doctor tells her simply to go home, live her life, and if the breast cancer should spread or get worse, give us a call. That's sort of the equivalent. We would never do that. You should lose your medical license if you did something like that. But that's exactly what doctors are doing with COVID. Go home, isolate, and if you get so sick that you feel like you can't breathe, then go to the hospital. By the time that happens, it's an uphill battle to treat COVID once somebody is hospitalized. Not to mention that we also have uh, uh, monoclonal antibodies, Regeneron. Listen, Seb, if this was really about patients' health, what we would be doing from the top of the roofs is we'd be screaming about the importance of vitamin D, for example, and other supplements. We'd be screaming up for patients to take care of themselves, to lose a little weight, to treat underlying conditions, and to have access to these repurposed medications at the earliest signs that COVID were to infect them with Regeneron, with Ivermectin, with hydroxychloroquine, et cetera. But we're not doing that. All we're doing is pushing the vaccines. And unfortunately, now they're coming after our children. Pfizer just announced that they're doing studies on six-month-old babies for the vaccine, and it makes no sense at all. Children just simply are not at risk of COVID-19. There is no reason we should be vaccinating any children whatsoever. Why on God's earth would we be vaccinating a child that has almost zero risk of a bad outcome with COVID with an experimental vaccine using brand new technology and messenger RNA that we've never used before without any long-term safety studies on children? It's insane that we would do this, but that's exactly what we're doing. And it's hard for me not to think that financial motives is playing a role in this push to vaccinate our children. All right. I'm going to ask you about motives momentarily, but I have to ask you, I'm going to ask you about all these different amazing therapeutics. Masks. What is the truth about masks? Oh, well, the truth, it's not my truth. It's the truth that Dr. Fauci told us early in the pandemic. And I'm going to read. 
This is a quote from Dr. Fauci. People should not be walking around with masks. It's not providing the perfect protection that people think it is. There are unintended consequences as people keep fiddling with these masks and keep touching their face, which may actually increase the risk. Every healthcare agency told us this early in the pandemic. The New England Journal of Medicine had a long piece about the use of masks outside of the hospital. And here's what they concluded, quote, expanding masking protocols, greatest contribution may be to reduce the transmission of anxiety. And they were absolutely correct. Masks offer little, if any, protection, and there is no reason for our children to be masking. As a matter of fact, I'd go so, so far as to say that mandating children in schools wear masks is a form of child abuse. Yeah, I've said it here on the show, and I, I heartily agree. Uh, this is a man who tells the truth. Follow him on Twitter, rx underscore for liberty. That's rx underscore for liberty. Uh, also, the webpage rxforliberty.com. And I'm so jealous of him. It's a lovely name for a website. Informeddissentmedia.com. That's in four. He got, he got there before I did. Informeddissentmedia.com. Uh, by the way, Seb, do you know the only people on an airplane that don't need to wear a mask? The pilots? Yeah, the pilots don't wear masks. They're sitting up there in the flight deck. The air is recirculated on the airplane, uh, but but there's something unique about that uh, about that flight deck that apparently COVID uh, virus does not make it up to the front of the plane. So, so, so the, the most the most important people are the least quote unquote protected, doctor. Exactly. So this is a sham, uh, Seb. This is a this is a giant Babylon B political joke <laughs> that we're living in. And, and I. It, and it's driving us crazy. And the thing that got me was about th- four months ago. I was on a plane. And I couldn't believe it. I think it's United. <laughs> and in the safety, the safety brief, the stewardess actually says, and for safety, re- for safety reasons, we are not going to demonstrate the use of the oxygen mask. So if you need to breathe air as the plane is plunging thousands of feet per second, just work it out. Just work it out. Because I'm not going to put this thing on my mouth and pretend that the plane is crashing. That's when you realize you are living in a Monty Python skit. It's not reality. Um, Listen, the the CEO of United just came out yesterday or today and said that he wants to see every passenger vaccinated, so vaccine passports to get on a United airline flight. That's insanity. All right, we're going to talk about vaccine passports uh, momentarily. Um, I'm a bit of a wonk, okay? I'm a bit of a frustrated surgeon, I guess, or whatever. I I need to get a little bit of the detail here because I love it. uh, Dr. Pappas, if you haven't seen our two-hour-long interviews with my personal physician, you've got to go to the Rumble account. It's rumble.com slash sebgorka. That's rumble.com slash S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A and look for Dr. Pappas, P. PPAS. He's got his COVID action plan. He talks about, you know, the, the integral approach to health. But but let me get you on the record right now. Do we know uh, as yet, what is it about these amazing therapeutics that cost bugger all, that cost a dollar a bottle or something? What is it about hydroxy, ivermectin, inhalable decimal and, and the, the, um, the monoclonal antibodies? I, I, I have some vague understanding that some of them work on the, the shell, the protein spike, make it difficult to penetrate our cells. Why are these therapeutics so effective? Do we know? 
Uh, well, we do. I mean, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin have been shown to have antiviral activities for many, many years. We've known about their antiviral activities. This is nothing new. I mean, there wasn't just some random person that said, I know, let's try an antiparasitic and see, see if it works. So this has been discovered a long time ago. Um, the, the doctor who discovered ivermectin not too many years ago won a Nobel Prize. This is a wonderful chemical. We've been accused of prescribing horse dewormer. But here's the reality. The reason why people are going to veterinary supply stores is because these darn national chain pharmacies are refusing to dispense it. And so people are getting creative and innovative to look for it elsewhere. So we've known about the antiviral properties of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine for many, many years. It's just creative physicians that looked at this SARS-CoV-2 virus and thought for sure that with some of these antivirals that we have in the past, that maybe just maybe they work here. So they started using them and lo and behold, they work. There's a providence out of India where there's something like 200 million people. And you would think in India of all places, we would see a tremendous amount of COVID activity. But right now in India, in this particular area, I can't remember the name, they only have about 165 cases of COVID because the government there has been distributing ivermectin and it has been working fantastically. So listen, for the people that are watching, most importantly, is I don't want people to have fear. They need to be prepared so they don't despair. So go on one of these telemedicine sites. America's uh, Frontline Doctors has one. Um, uh, MyCovidCare.org is a great resource. Get help before you need it. Prepare yourself. Take care of yourself. Get on some vitamins. Get your vitamin D level measured and be prepared. There's nothing more fearful than you come down with COVID and now you don't know what to do. You don't know if you can find somebody that can help you. So get the help before you need it. Kind of like in California, we prepare for the earthquake with extra food and water and so forth. So don't wait for the big one to hit to start getting prepared and the same is true of COVID. For those of you that take the time to do the research, uh, this is a fascinating story. I just heard about it from my Newsmax colleague, Grant Stinchfield, did a segment on it on his show um, two days ago. So the, the biggest province in India, it's Uttar Pradesh, has, has been massively active in using ivermectin, has crushed the COVID uh, infection rate in a province with 220 million people. It's just one province of India. Another province which banned, yes, banned the use of ivermectin, has the highest per capita infection rate for COVID in India. So that by itself, it brings me to the question, Dr. Barkey, who are the science deniers? Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm called a science denier and an anti-vaxxer. And by the way, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm 100% I'm for, for, for informed consent for any medical procedure, including vaccinations. I want people to know the truth and then make their own decision. And unfortunately, the truth is being dis is being suppressed and banned. We're not allowed to speak this way uh, in the in the public sphere. And so the only information people get is from the mainstream media and the Dr. Fauci's of the world, um, rather than the opinions of frontline healthcare workers. So the science deniers are those that are pushing this narrative that the only path forward in this pandemic is to vaccinate everybody and their mother. By the way, speaking of everybody and their mother, if you look at Israel, where I think they're the highest vaccinated yes. country in the world, something like 80% of their adult population is vaccinated. Right now in Israel, 75% of all COVID 
hospitalizations are for the fully vaccinated. And they're about five months ahead of us. And we'll, we'll expect to see similar statistics here in the United States. So get vaccinated if you want, uh, but don't be pushing it on everybody and don't be denying the important therapeutics that are available to treat this, whether you're vaccinated or not, early in the mild stages of this illness. He's another truth teller like the good doctor. Please, as a personal favor to me, if you enjoy our programming, will you support Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor? Right now, they're trying to destroy him, cancel him, strip him of his law licenses, bankrupt him. And I know they want to get him in the dock and behind bars. Please support the man who brought America back, brought New York back from the brink twice and is now investigating the uh, the events of the last election. Go to RudyGiulianiFreedomFund.com. That's Rudy Giuliani, freedomfund.com. Make a donation to America's Mayor. Let's support another very brave American truth teller. Um, <clears throat> Dr. Barkey, I, I think the most tragic, oh, I mean, every death um, should be mourned, but the most tragic aspect of the last two years is our children. Um, l- let's talk about what I see every day. I, I walk my dogs in the morning past uh, a beautiful playground and I see young, you know, fit parents, no masks, sometimes they have masks, holding the hand of their little toddlers. I mean, I'm talking about three-year-olds into the playground with masks on their faces. And I haven't done it yet, but one day I just may politely ask one of these parents, excuse me, can you tell me the mortality rate of COVID for children? And I, I know... Can't. No, I, I know, I, I know, I know. There'll be you know blank stares, and if yeah. they ask me, they won't believe me, and I'll have to pull out you know the CDC figures and say, look, it's zero point zero five percent. Seasonal flu is more dangerous for children. Um, can you talk to us? You're not a psychiatrist, a psychologist. You're a board certified primary physician, um, but but you understand the importance of child development in terms of communication, facial expression, and, and more than that, just the, the psychosis of fear that we're inducing into a whole generation. How serious could this be even, even more deadly in the long term? I saw the CDC um, rates last summer, 24, 25% of adolescents contemplated suicide because of the lockdown. Isn't this the real story of covid It really should be. And listen, it's not my opinion. If you look at the CDC's own data throughout the pandemic, there's been, I think it's now 435 children uh, that have died from COVID. And of course, every one of those deaths is a horrible tragedy. But the reality is, is 99% of those kids had significant underlying healthcare issues. Um, Seasonal influenza is more deadly than COVID-19. Traffic fatalities is more deadly for children than COVID-19, as is drownings every summer. Yet we've never closed schools during influenza season. The reality is if you're less than 18 years old, that's K through 12, the survivability of COVID, CDC's data, not Barkey's data, is 99.997%. So children simply are not at risk of COVID, but they are at risk of masking. Masking a child is dangerous in my opinion. There was a study out of Florida, a bunch of moms took their kids' masks after wearing them for a few hours in school, and they sent them to a local lab, and they grew out pathogenic bacteria, disease-causing bacteria inside these masks. 
not to mention the effect on learning, especially if you already have a learning disorder. It's impossible to bond with a teacher if you can't see facial expressions. Anxiety goes up, depression goes up, suicidal ideation, learning disorders. It's dangerous, in my opinion, to force a child to wear a mask, and parents should be standing up and not allowing that to occur. Yeah, I, I'm going to ask Eric after we've done this video just to tag on the end after I say goodbye this crushing, crushing um, viral video that I've posted of a, a deaf woman who um, just breaks down on camera because she can't communicate without reading lips. And she goes into a, a, a Dunkin's donut, sadly. And, and the manager and everybody else are just utterly fascistic in their approach and refuse to communicate with her. And it, 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 it's heart-wrenching. I mean, it's not just the children. It's just our fellow man. Let, let's, let's talk about, I use the word fascistic. A friend of mine posted a photograph I think it was Sunday or Saturday, and I reposted it, of a, of a Gesundheitskarte or Gesundheitspass from uh, the Third Reich. And I, I speak German. I, I learned German in, in, in the school in the UK. And, it, you know, it's his name, uh, Beruf, profession. This, it was a woman, and she was a typist. And it was a record of, of her health, her vaccinations and everything else, with the Nazi, you know, eagle at the top of the pass. Will you talk to us as an American, not as a, a medical professional? Uh, your reaction to what we're seeing across the nation with people, governors, mayors saying, you know, you will get to enjoy the rights your fellow Americans do when you give in to the vaccination and you have that pass, you have that documentation. How does that make you feel? Well, Seb, it sickens me to be quite honest with you. I never thought I'd see this in America. And you don't know this about me, but I'm also a Jew. And I used to hate when people would come out with these Nazi references. But I'll tell you, these Nazi references now are fairly accurate. I've seen a, a meme that's been going around. It shows two Holocaust Jews with the yellow star on their chest and they're asked, how did this come to be? How did this happen? And they answer that it didn't happen all at once. There were small little mandates along the way. And each time they said, well, it's just this. And if we comply, it'll get better. And then before long, they were being shipped off in boxcars to the concentration camps. Now, I don't think we're gonna get to concentration camps but it's sickening to me to see what's happening when you hear this vaccine push and now the, uh, the, the call for vaccine passports, the company Clear that provides um, security at the airports where you can get through the TSA quicker through biometrics now is partnering, partnering with government agencies to use their Clear app uh, to provide a, pass, a passport of sorts for vaccines. And I think, listen, if you're out there and you're a clear um, uh, user, you should immediately push back on clear and tell them not to do this and even threaten to unsubscribe from that company. It's wrong for them to be doing this. It's un-American and yet tyranny has now come to America. I mean, it's America, Mark, American Marxism, Mark Levin's book that is now happening before our eyes. And I hope there's enough patriots that will stand up and prevent this from occurring. Is, is that... Is health ever, should health ever be, I mean, I like what my physician taught me, Dr. Barkey, that health decisions should be made by the patient in consultation with their doctor. Isn't that how it should always be? That's the way it always should be. And the left used to teach us this, you know, my body, my choice, it's between a woman and her doctor. But suddenly, as it relates to COVID or vaccines, 
that now is taken off the table. It's it's ridiculous. And I, you know, I have a warning for people too. Be careful about who your doctor, lawyer, banker, accountant is, because before long, I can only imagine that if your doctor isn't like-minded, that you can expect your healthcare information to get into the hands of people that you don't want to have it. So choose your doctors and professionals very carefully. The idea that we have to say that, that you as a professional of decades training and praxis has to warn your fellow American of, of who they trust their health to, it, it, it's truly chilling uh, as someone who chose this nation and, and believed and still believes, because it's up to us, that we are the greatest nation on God's earth. Thank you for being such a truth teller. If you enjoy America First one-on-one, our uh, uh, opportunity to go deep dive, long form on these issues with people who really know what they're talking about and who are prepared to speak the truth, please support those that make it possible, especially, of course, Mike Lindell, that other truth teller, a conservative, a man of God who is also in the crosshairs of the left. They're trying to cancel him, destroy his company. Please go to MyPillow.com. Buy any one of the more than 100 items there. Use my name and Mike will give you up to 66% off. Send a message to the fascistic cancel culture leftists. Send a message today and give Mike some support. That's uh, MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A, or you can call them on 800-829-8468. That's 800-829-8468. 8468 show Mike some love. Um, will you share with us, uh, Dr. Barkey? Um, I, I, we, we don't rehearse any of these interviews. We like them to be spontaneous and, and authentic. Um, if you don't want to, I, I fully understand it. But can you tell us, have you paid a price? What has the reaction been from friends, family members, or even professional colleagues to your creation of your website, your podcast, Informed Dissent. Uh, How has the last year and a half been for you, Jeff? (laughs) Good question, Dr. Gorka. You know, over my left shoulder, you'll see a book in the corner that I wrote, uh, COVID-19, A Physician's Take on the Exaggerated Fear of Coronavirus, available on Amazon and through my website. And uh, Dennis Prager is a a dear friend, and he wrote the, uh, the foreword to the book. And uh, I was sitting with him and his wife, Sue, and his uh, bulldog, Otto, who I took a selfie with, by the way. The most famous Uh, dog in America. (laughs) And Dennis likes to call me courageous. And I said, you know, Dennis, I appreciate that. But I'll tell you, it doesn't always feel good. It hurts. I get a lot of criticism, especially on Twitter. I've had colleagues reach out and they think I'm crazy. I've had friends that I'm no longer friends with, et cetera. And I've even had some patients leave my practice And it never feels good when that happens. And Dennis reminded me that, listen, courage has nothing to do with those things. Courage is about continuing on and doing the right thing despite those things happening. So the good news for me, though, is uh, my practice has grown tremendously uh, after the early stages of COVID where some patients had left because there's a lot of patients out there that are looking for like-minded physicians that believe what they believe want to treat them honestly, give them options, and allow patients to make the best decision for themselves and not being pushed by government agencies. So overall, it's been good. Most importantly, my wife supports me. uh, And as long as I have her support and the support of my patients, I will continue to march on and tell the truth as best as I can. 
I'm so excited. I've got it here. I'm ordering it right now. I'm a, I'm a little bit excited. It says it's only available in paperback, so I think you might have to plan the audio book, and I think I can recommend somebody with a very cool accent to read it for you. It's called COVID, and I don't mean Dennis. It's called COVID-19. I'm putting it up on our Twitter and Facebook pages right now. COVID-19, a physician's take on the exaggerated fear of the coronavirus, and I'm ordering it right now. In the last um, few minutes we have here... What is your general message? Uh, my doctor, Dr. Pappas, has written a, a COVID action plan. He has a regular newsletter where he says, OK, this is what we've learned. This is what you should, should know about uh, the virus and, and therapeutics. What would you say first philosophically or in terms of physician-patient relationship? What should Americans be thinking of? And then what, what is your general advice to people who feel a little bit intimidated by the, the scolds who say, where is your mask? And and what do you say to those who feel a little bit afraid of, you know, these fascistic tendencies? Well, listen, the, the, the doctor-patient relationship is, is sacred. And I would encourage your listeners, your watchers, to find a doctor that they can trust and have that, uh, have that close relationship. So if they need help, they know that they can count on somebody. Um, my message to your audience is really to uh, try not to live in fear. Turn off the media. Um, open up your Bible, um, live free and without fear. And the best way to do that, I think, is to be prepared. So don't wait until you get COVID to start getting prepared. Do so long before. Um, you can go to my website, rxforliberty.com under COVID treatment. There are resources there for you. For a group of doctors that do telemedicine, I would encourage you to develop a relationship with a doctor before you need them. Take really good care of yourself. Have your vitamin D level measured and take vitamin D if it's low. We know there's a direct correlation between bad outcome and COVID and low vitamin D levels. Exercise, get some sunshine, lose some weight, take care of some underlying conditions if you have them. Uh, stay close with your family and friends um, and enjoy your life. This is not about fear, this is about life. And we are free Americans here push back against tyranny, or we're going to lose our country. Fabulous, fabulous advice. Please write all of these down right now. The podcast, informeddissentmedia.com, informeddissentmedia.com. The webpage is rxforliberty.com. That's rxforliberty.com. And the web and the uh, Twitter handle is rx underscore for liberty. That's rx underscore for liberty. And the book is COVID-19, a physician's take on the exaggerated fear of the coronavirus. I have one thing to say to you. God bless you, Dr. Jeff Barkey, for telling the truth, for not being afraid. We need more like you. I'm Sebastian Gorka. You've been listening to America First One-on-One. -on -one. Keep your head on a swivel. Watch your six. Hold the line. Never give up. Never give in. And stay frosty. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.